This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. If you were on the road during rush hour, or should I say rush hours, you probably noticed a beefed-up police presence. Well, now that everyone is back to work and to school and to whatever, it's time for another phase of Toronto Mayor John Tory's crackdown on traffic congestion and gridlock. He kicked it off officially at 7.45 this morning. We are going to keep doing what we have to do to move traffic in the city and to help make sure that people like cyclists and pedestrians in particular are kept safe uh, because they too are part of the overall equation of having people move around the city. And so I am here today to tell you we are significantly escalating uh, our efforts uh, to keep uh, Toronto moving. Okay, well, the Toronto Police Force says they will be, quote, saturating the downtown core, ticketing and towing vehicles stopped or parked where they're not supposed to be during the morning and afternoon rush hours. So um, I'd like to hear about some of those inconsiderate drivers, uh, if you've come across them. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And since we can't see you, I mean, if, if you've been, you know, perhaps guilty of some of that, stopping to get a coffee, whatever, um, you know, you can tell us about that too. But right now we are going to Constable Clint Stibby. Hi, Clint. How are you? Good. How are you? Fine. So uh, tell me about what you encountered this morning on day one of the renewed Blitz. Well, we obviously found a number of vehicles that were parked in the prohibited parking, no stopping, no standing areas. We also saw a number of individuals that were driving the high occupancy vehicle lanes as well as failing to clear the intersections. I myself wrote several tickets this morning for those moving violations. And these are not new. What we're seeing is individuals that are trying to make it through an intersection when they know they can't make it, to save some time, the reality is they're not saving any time. And if anything, they're causing more of a delay for other vehicles than they are for even themselves. Are you, are you talking about people um, making a left turn? Or are you talking about people just ending up going through on a red light? Oh, no. What happens is the light's green. So the individual uh, seeing that traffic is backed up right across the pedestrian crossovers, partially even into the intersections, then pull up to the rear bumper of that car that's partially blocking the intersection. And then when the light changes, they're still sitting there blocking the intersection. Oh, yeah. So, I love I mean, that. I was sitting right beside the person. They pulled. I, I knew I couldn't get through. I knew that, you know, the, the light wasn't going to cycle and that the traffic was going to be delayed. And I sat there and waited. And this other person felt that for whatever reason, they could pull across the intersection and block the intersection, affecting all westbound traffic on King Street for the sake of them trying to make it through the intersection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or sometimes... There are people who park in a spot, you know, if there's two lanes, like a left lane and a right lane, um, and they park so you can't, you, you, they block a whole lane because you can't get into the right lane. And then even if you're not turning left, you have to wait for all the people who are because you can't get in the right lane. 
Exactly. You know, we've, we've, we're seeing so many challenges from the way individuals are driving vehicles downtown that it's uh, it's making it hard, harder and harder for everybody, regardless of the type of road user they are, but it's making it harder and harder for them to get through the downtown core because everyone thinks that they're the most important person and their inconvenience is, unfortunately, more paramount than anybody else. Uh, can you uh, give us an idea of how many, do you have any idea how many people were ticketed? This morning already? Uh, I don't have those numbers. Uh, we'd like them to get them until the end of the day because they usually do it on a daily basis. So uh, it will be uh, some time before we get that. And how many did you write up? Uh, I wrote half a dozen this morning. Yep. And now it's just a matter of uh, now them, those individuals taking those tickets to court, which I know they will because they don't believe they did anything wrong. The reality is they did, but the, the truth is they don't want to take responsibility for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Just because they were headed to work, they're running late, any number of different excuses that we heard this morning. And the reality being, none of them are good enough. Uh, and is, is that a problem, taking them to court? Because often you can just, uh, you you kind of take a plea, like you plead guilty and they, they take away your points or something. Uh, it's going to be up to the courts to decide. The points are designated by the type of charge that's issued. And uh, depending on what those uh, charges are will depend on uh, how heavy the fine is and uh, whether or not upon conviction they receive any points for those particular offenses or not. Mm-hmm. But generally, if people take take the trouble to go to court, they usually get it reduced, right? Mm, they may see a reduction in fines, uh, depending on the prosecution and the, uh, the position on the court. In some cases, uh, we, in fact, see higher fines issued as a result of actions that individuals take at court. So it really depends on what the justice of the peace decides, uh, the prosecutions decide. We merely write the, ch- the tickets. And the prosecution decides what uh, the punishment should be. Uh, what about these other measures, these new traffic wardens, so-called, that are that are going to, uh, you know, be coming uh, to start in on this uh, early in the next year? Uh, we haven't got any information as to the particulars of those traffic wardens, what their powers will be. As I understand it, uh, legislation has not yet been passed on that, mm-hmm. uh, but it is something that the mayor is expecting will occur, uh, I believe he said a few weeks or several weeks uh, down the road. Uh, the reality is, uh, once those individuals have power uh, under the Highway Traffic Act to stop traffic, then obviously uh, drivers will have to obey those individuals. Uh, even though they're not police officers, because they are acting in their uh, capacity as traffic wardens. But again, uh, we haven't seen what that model looks like as of yet, and to say how it's going to run would be very difficult, if not impossible, as it has not uh, even been created yet. I I know that uh, these blitzes, uh, you know, there's only so many uh, police officers that can be used for them, but uh, do you think that... uh, there's any problem with limiting it to the downtown core because there are very busy spots in in you know other areas like Scarborough, Etobicoke, whatever. Um, it all depends. We traditionally see backups in quite a few intersections. Anywhere there's a large uh, volume of traffic, the downtown core, especially, it is very very dense uh, in the way of uh, population uh, for individuals that are coming in for work purposes or even for those that are living downtown. So to say that it won't work in other locations or in only certain locations, it has to be determined by study. And uh, the city has studied, I think it was eight or ten locations earlier, or sorry, late last year into the early part of this year. And um, again, it was uh, it was a study that they were working to determine whether or not these wardens would help improve traffic volume flows and whatnot. And I believe the mayor referenced some stats that indicated that the flows did help, the uh, violations seemed to be reduced. But the reality is, why do we need traffic wardens? If we all did what we were supposed to, 
we wouldn't have this issue. Now we need somebody to watch over everyone doing something at an intersection, which actually states that it really or shows that individuals aren't doing what they have to, uh, and when they're not under the watchful eye of someone, uh, we'll try and take advantage wherever they can. So that's one of the biggest challenges that we see. Yeah, well, that, that was my next question. You know, you've been involved in a number of these, and the idea, of course, is to change behavior. Is it doing that? Uh, in some cases it is, but we're not seeing a tremendous uh, change of behavior uh, for individuals as a, whole, or as a whole. Individuals maybe, but only for a short term. Okay, so while someone's looking, uh, people behave better, and as soon as you, you turn your back, not so much, right? Yes, that's correct. And you know what? I mean, we've seen situations where pedestrians crossing see the police car go by, they step back. When the police car goes by, they step back out on the traffic. So these are some of the challenges that we face, and each person knows the amount of risk that they're willing to take. This risk, unfortunately, is now uh, something that a person has to decide they want to take. And if they take that risk, they're essentially could cost them their life. Well, yeah, the other thing, uh, and uh, I'm I'm asking this because I just encountered this on the way into work today, and that is uh, cyclists who totally ignore the rules of the road. They don't stop at the stop sign. There was one guy, he didn't stop at the stop sign, and then in the middle of a block with cars driving the speed limit, he just pulled from the right lane and just, uh, you know, um, you know, cross the road in the middle. It was really dangerous. You know what? Uh, we have to keep in mind that every road user has a responsibility. Cyclists or drivers must uh, ensure that when they make those movements that it is safe to do so and it doesn't affect anybody. The reality is movements like that do put themselves at risk, and in some cases, this is costing them their life. So it's always the lack of responsibility and the lack of risk that a person believes that they're taking that causes them to take that risk. And the reality is we can't look the other way. You know, uh, if a car is coming down the road and a person makes a sudden lane change without signaling that change, they could be involved, that person could be involved in a collision and then uh, injured. And we don't want to see that. We are working towards Vision Zero, which is zero fatalities in the city of Toronto. And uh, if we all work together, it is something that's attainable. But uh, unfortunately, in some cases, enforcement is necessary or uh, other means need to be undertaken in order to make the road safer. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Jerry in Toronto. Hi, Jerry. How are you today? Fine, how are you? Not too bad. And listening to all this about the bikes brings my memory back to when I, used, when, I, when, I, when I had my bike and I used to have a license plate on my bike. You'd have to uh, plate the bikes. Why don't they, if the motorcyclists and, and uh, car drivers and truck drivers have to be licensed, why don't they license the cyclists? Let them get a license, go through a, a test and, and get, a, and get a, a bike license to, to operate a bike. And, they, and when they do do something wrong, they can be charged accordingly. Um, Jerry, uh, I'm afraid. I think that ship has sailed. Uh, City Council looked at that recently. They voted it down. Um, I, uh, I don't think anybody's about to change their mind on that, though there are some very good arguments for it. Uh, but the main thing I want to talk to you about is transit buses. I drive tractor-trailer, and at least eight, ten times a week, I'm traveling on one of the city streets in my truck, and I'm halfway up the side of the bus, and the driver says, hey, I got that yield sign in the corner. I can do whatever I want. And whomp, he pulls out in front of me, and I have to hammer on the brakes or or go into the center of the bus. Okay, well, let's ask... These guys have to be woken up. That yield sign doesn't give them carte blanche to do what they want, especially if a tractor trailer is coming halfway up the side of the bus. 
Okay, I'm going to let the constable respond to that. Jerry, thanks for your call. The yield sign on the side of the bus indicates that when the signal comes on that uh, drivers are supposed to yield. If the individual pulls out of uh, one of the bus bays and now causes a collision because they didn't um, allow the movement to be made with safety, then the driver can be charged. So the reality is we, we face individuals that are making assumptions, I guess, in some cases, that uh, traffic's just going to come to a stop. Where at all possible, traffic has to yield to that uh, bus. But from what that individual is describing, is he's halfway alongside of the bus before uh, the bus attempts to make any sort of signal or movement over. We need to keep in mind that uh, both parties have to work together. And when you do see a bus uh, sitting at the roadside, you have to expect at some point it's going to rejoin traffic. So drive defensively. Be aware. Maybe drop your speed a little bit or maybe even give that vehicle an extra bit of room because the reality is if that person is trying to get out as part of the uh, the allowance under the Highway Traffic Act, then we do have a responsibility to yield to those vehicles where possible and where safe to do so. Yeah, but I guess the message is everybody everybody has to work together, including uh, bus drivers and truck drivers. Uh, Clint, what would you like to leave us with on this? You know what? It's a shared responsibility. Everyone thinks that it's the other person causing the issue. The reality is we see issues from all drivers, some worse than others. Uh, but the reality is there pretty much is not a driver on the road that doesn't make a mistake several times a day. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.